podcast you. iTunes. He's men in scarves. <laughs> <laughs> Not my favorite. Bonus episode. Okay, yeah, that was that was a roundabout. Rise and shine. I also think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Ecclesia After Hours podcast, where we talk about all the things relevant to young adults navigating what it means to follow Jesus. Each week, we'll have a candid conversation and offer some practical takeaways on the subjects you bump up against every day. We like to talk about the hard stuff, and we have a whole lot of fun while we're at it. Our heart for this podcast is that it helps you pursue Jesus in all that you do. So let's get into this episode of the Ecclesia After Hours podcast. Hey friends, welcome to the Ecclesia After Hours podcast. I'm your host, Kenna, and I'm here with part of the crew. Um, we're missing Josh today, but we still have Molly. Hey, everybody. And Garrett. What's up? And Josh, Josh is on vacation. Talking, yeah, we're going to really miss him. In this yeah, episode. we really are. He's, he's great at what we're talking about, so we're, we're really going to really miss him. Um, but... Today, what we are going to talk about, we're going to continue in our series about how to recognize every moment as holy. And um, what we're going to specifically be talking about in that is um, how to love the people in your life that you are kind of all of a sudden stuck with 24-7, because that has its own unique challenges. In some ways, it can be a real blessing, but in some ways, it can be Um, really hard and frustrating too. But um, what we want to talk about is how to view those interactions um, as a a chance to sort of recognize holiness in your life and to cultivate worship in kind of a unique time um, that can extend beyond this. So I'm excited to talk about it. Um, But one of the things we did want to touch on too is that we're kind of talking about in general um, what this looks like for most people, but some people are experiencing actually something different, which is where your roommate situation or your home situation actually feels dangerous. Um, And that's not exactly what we're talking about today. So if that is you and that is um, what you're experiencing, you can always DM us or reach out to us in some way. And we would love to call you and walk um, through that with you and talk to you more specifically. So I just wanted to throw that out there too, before we get started today. Totally. That's good. Um, so to kick off the episode, you guys, I think it's safe to assume, is this true that all three of us identify as extroverts? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ra- like a raging ex- extrovert. That's very safe. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, that felt like a very safe assumption about the three of us. And if Josh was here, I think him too. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, like, just in the amount of time that you've been just with, like, a very few people so far, and it's obviously going to extend way even longer, like, as extroverts, has that been harder for you than you expected? Or have there been, like, unexpected blessings about it that you're like, you know, this isn't as bad as I would have expected for myself? Um, I think for me, it hasn't been as hard as I would have expected because I have three roommates and so there's four of us in the house pretty much all the time, which is way more normal or I guess it's way more people than are usually home. Like if before we were quarantined, like there's always people who are out and about and people who are gone and now we're all other than during the work hours because some of my roommates like are still going out to work. But 
in the evenings and on the weekends, like we're all just home all the time. And so that's actually more close knit than normal. And so as far as being people deprived, like I miss the people who I can't be in person with, but I've been, I've been FaceTiming like a ton of people and there's always people in my house. So in terms of that, it's been like in terms of specifically just people interaction, it hasn't been as hard as I maybe would have anticipated before all of this. Yeah. I would also say something similar. Like we live on a path that like goes to a park and to the beach. So there are people walking by our house constantly. In addition, we all are pretty close with all of our neighbors. And so we're out, I mean like all socially distanced, of course, but like we all share a garden space and things like that. So, you know, like we, I feel like we, yeah, I know it's a very Bellingham thing. We all grow kale together. Um, and, and so we, I feel like that. And then also like still once a week, the Ecclesia and I staff at least see each other to record Ec online and, um, and stuff like that. So, I mean, like it hasn't been as bad, but there are definitely like days that it feels like, okay, okay, there are little people around me all the time. <laughs> and like Aubrey just comes, right. Yeah, then Aubrey just comes in. Sometimes she's like, I need to talk to an adult for five minutes. And I'm like, yeah, fair. That's totally fair. Yeah, that's a different world. I know, right. <laughs> it hasn't been quite as hard as I thought either. I was reading um, an, Enneagram, an Enneagram book the other day about um, – I, I'm a two and about how like twos actually need solitude and that's like right. over healthiest selves. And I was like, I actually feel that like there's definitely days where I get overwhelmed too with thinking like I cannot see anybody, but most of the time actually I've been like, this feels really good and it feels sort of healing in some ways too. Sure. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like, I mean, no matter what, this is like a huge disruption to what people are used to, to our norm. And um, what are some of the pain points you guys have been hearing about from people in the community? Like, let's sort of set the stage a little bit for some people are home with their roommates or with their families or whatever. And what are some of the things you guys are hearing or could imagine are, is really difficult for people right now in that? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, for a lot of people, I think that just going back home is hard. Um, And maybe not even because you have, um, like, a hard home life or, like, you don't have a good relationship with your family. Like, that might not even be the reason. Like, I remember for me, when I would go home from college and spend time with my family, like I have a great relationship with my family, but it would just, it's just a different rhythm than you're used to. And so on top of our rhythms changing in and of itself, like because of just the current climate, like now on top of it, we have, I'm in a different city. I'm back at home. I'm not used to this. Like I don't spend long periods of time here that often. And it just is like another thing that is shaken up on top of everything else. And that it can just feel challenging um, to find like a consistent rhythm in that space. That was always the hardest thing for me was like, I'm totally off my, my rhythm and I don't know how to have one here anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So like what you're saying, Molly, is that because the rhythm just feels so different, it's like you have to just reset that whole thing up. 
completely from scratch essentially? Yeah. Cause I never had an established, I mean, when I would go home from, from college to my parents' house, it would always be for like uh, spring break or winter break. And you're not in a routine really there. You're doing like activities and you're visiting friends and you're not like going to work or doing school. And so it just always felt kind of like a free for all. And so now I think that like, oh no, we're supposed to have a rhythm at home and we're supposed to figure something out. And we're just not, a lot of people just aren't used to doing that. Totally. Yeah. That makes sense. I feel like too, that um, the element of it being unexpected is pretty hard too, because you sort of have to grieve your expectations for the season. And so like you said, Molly, you might not even have, you know, a particularly difficult relationship with people at home. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's just like all joy either. I think it's so hard. Like my younger sister um, is a freshman at Western and ended up going home, obviously super unexpectedly. Oh, so yeah. At home. And I know lots of people are just experiencing similar things, whether it's their senior year, they didn't expect this to happen or whatever. Um, there's definitely, I think, a grieving process that has to happen for what you imagined the next couple of months would look like. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One of the things I, yeah, yeah, I think the grieving thing is the thing that gets to me about like where the pain points are is that there was like a sudden onset of everything changing, mm-hmm. you know? And so like when, typically when you have big things happen, like, I mean, not all things like death is a big one I can imagine is um, where like that just happens suddenly. But so, I mean, I think that that, that would, there were probably some, some correlations there. Um, or some good comparisons that we have of, of like, mm-hmm. it feels like something died, which is, I mean, like even, and I mean, there are people that are dying. So there's that, but also like a whole reality and a future like suddenly is gone um, yeah. really unexpectedly. And you don't know necessarily what to do with it. So I feel like that is one of the pain points I've been talking about. And then the other thing that I think is interesting is that there's no future point where we know with certainty when it's going to be over. Yeah. You know, so like that's the other place that is is with grieving a death, you know, okay, like I can look at other people or past experiences and walk through some of those things. But with this, it's like at least in our lifetime is unprecedented. So we don't really know how long it's gonna last and then what it's gonna look like on the back end of this. Like we have no idea, you know. So those I feel like really regular places of, of pain that I think, um, people are feeling. Yeah, totally. And I think like also even just on a more, I guess maybe shallow level, um, it's also just like weird to be at home with roommates. Maybe you didn't go home home. Maybe you're still here in Bellingham and some right. people are just their roommates and it's just a total change in rhythm. Like Molly mentioned, but that, that can bring up tricky things too, you know, (laughs) just like communication and that kind of thing. And we'll get into that a little bit in this episode. It's one of the things we want to talk about, but I think there's like some deep grieving stuff that has to happen, but then there's also just the, like, you know, your roommates like chewing really annoys you or whatever. Right. (laughs) And when that happens long for long enough, (laughs) that can be tricky too, to learn, like figure out how to love someone, even when they're just like surface level annoying to you. (laughs) Totally. 
Right, 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 right. That's so funny. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, because with every death of a situation, it opens up, like, a different reality that you have to learn to embrace. And, you know, like, humans, we love change. Like, it's, like, our favorite thing. <laughs> um, so, you know, like, even just embracing, I think some of the points that you're saying, Kenna, is, like, embracing the change of a new way of living as a house. Yeah. You know, where you are going to see only the people that you're with mainly for the unfe- unforeseeable future, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like this is our life and this is our rhythm now. And we know it's, at least as of the recording of this, April 30th is like the closest date that we have anything that something might change. Right. Um, In a month, so. One month. Yeah, like, yeah, freaking one month. And so that's hard. That's like, like, and and so we have to like also embrace this new reality of what it looks like to live with your family again. And like me not having my gym and meditation, you know, like there's all that kind of like stuff that marked our days that are, is just different now. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So kind of in that, like if we, I kind of want to talk about like why we're even talking about this in this series. Like we're, we're talking, we're calling this series every moment holy. Um, and so I want to touch on that in this, like how do we take the everyday conversations and whether it is like a totally, totally different um, scene you're living in now because you went home or whether you're just at home with your roommates, the conversations and interactions we have with those around us, how do we take those and treat them like opportunities to find holiness or to worship God? I just think that's a little bit of a foreign concept. Like, at least for me, it is to, to start thinking through like just in the confines of my home, what does it mean when I wake up and walk out into the living room in the morning and I have a roommate there, how do I take that moment and make it holy? Yeah. Well, I think one thing, um, first acknowledge that um, my wife bought this incredible little book from this publishing house called The Rabbit Room and it's called Every Moment Holy. I mean, that idea is really old and ancient, but it was like the thing that I thought was interesting about this little book, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes, is it's like a liturgy for everything, like every single little moment. Like it has like a liturgy for making coffee, a liturgy for a house pet dying, a liturgy for um, planting seeds, like just essentially anything that we would do in our day to day. It just says, hey, every, every little interaction that we have, every action and activity, like all of that can be worship every single part of it. And right now I feel like helping us in like um, make the connection or um, have it unveiled before us that the activities of our day-to-day life is like imbibed with spirituality. Like I think the way Eugene Peterson puts it um, when he translates the, the, the gifts of the spirit in the book of Galatians, he sees that he says that there is a basic holiness that permeates all things and people. And so we wanted, like, I think that the idea behind just this initial set of podcasts is like, how is there a basic holiness that permeates all things and people? 
because God made them and God designed them and God set it up this way. And so, yeah, right now, the thing that is holy are the your family that you live with or the roommates that you're with. So what does it look like to make that a sanctuary? What does it look like to make your house a monastery mm. um, right now? Because that's what it is. That's what it is. Like think about those old monks, like y'all are monks now. So like you should start like listening to some monks. Shave your head maybe. Right. Yeah. Just shave your head. Yeah. All, I know some of you are just thinking like avatar, the last airbender and you're like, mm, nice. I'll be Aang. <laughs> Shave that chin. That's Get not that. What I was oh, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, I, that's such a good. That's just that's so beautiful. I think. Um, yeah. I I'm thinking about the question that stirred in my own heart, and even that I've heard from others is like, okay, when everything that I do or like feel like gives me purpose in my life is gone what does that mean so like if my job is gone if the people in my classes who I get to talk to that don't know Jesus if I don't get to see them like if I'm only around like other people who know Jesus and I never leave my house and I don't get to like work hard at something and I'm just home like what's my purpose what's the point and I think that when we ask that question, like, if this is all I get to do, what's the point? Then we're saying that what's right in front of us doesn't have purpose. Mm. And I think that this season is a chance to illuminate that exactly what you're saying, Garrett, like every moment is holy. And so that means including the moments where you're at home cooking dinner with your roommates where you're at home watching a movie with your family. Like all of those things are infused with meaning and we have an opportunity to step into that. Um, and so like for this next, these next 30 days, like what could it look like to learn how to love your roommates or love your family better than you ever have? Like, what it could it look like to sacrifice and serve them more than you ever have? Like, like we say that what, like, what if I have nothing besides this, but this thing that is right in front of us is it like yeah. right now, like live fully devoted to caring for the thing that's right in front of you, which for pretty much all of us is our homes and mm. the people in them. And so I think that we have an incredible opportunity to step into that's right in front of us that is easily missed a lot of the time. Totally. And I think too, in that we can kind of underestimate the power of our words and think that like, I'm not going out and doing this work, like whatever, whatever your work is, or if I'm not out um, like with my body and with, my life in this like really holistic sense doing a certain thing that what what power do I have to make change or to create holiness in my sphere if my sphere is so tiny but our words are so powerful and I just kind of think like can you imagine so I only have one roommate um so just as an example like if for the next 30 days I spoke genuine, authentic encouragement to her or she did to me, the difference that that could have in either of our lives forever. If 
she or I felt super, super seen and known and encouraged. Um, just what a difference that could make or the opposite. Like if we're pretty careless with our words, like if right. we're home with our family, I've caught myself doing that a lot with my parents when I was living at home for a time, like just being pretty careless because I'm like, ah, these are my people. They love me. I love them, whatever. Sure. And being like ungrateful or whatever it is, the lasting impact that has to is real. And our words just are so powerful. And we, mm-hmm. we totally have that in this time, even if it's just with one person, like it is with me, or you have a house of six people, um, the intentionality you can put into what you speak over people and into people in this time could have a really lasting impact too. Right. Love it. Um, so when it comes to, to that, like two words and, um, having those conversations, I'm curious to what you guys think it looks like to have, um, kind of open, honest conversations. We touched on like, there's sort of the grieving that has to happen of your expectations and all of that. And there's also just the like new rhythms. Um, you are with people 24 seven and, that requires some open and honest conversations and maybe some boundary setting or maybe a chat about expectations or whatever it is. Um, Are there tangible things that you guys think that people should or could be doing or talking about or a posture to have as, as people kind of enter those conversations? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's one thing that I feel like can help at least helps me bridge into that. And it was, it was something interesting that you were saying kind of that was how often like like the people that are closest to you and the people that know you the most like it's interesting how we do this thing where we 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 are more flippant with them Mm -hmm. when like they should be the most precious person to us that was just a really insightful thing that you said that that i've been thinking about is because like I'm thinking about it as in like things that I use every single day, like, you know, my phone or my computer or my notebook or my pens or whatever. Like those are the things like I, like I'm constantly guarding like and looking out for them. Like I need that thing, like my journal. I'm like, if I don't have my, like I need to guard it. And I mean, and there's like a, an element of, of that. They do get dinged up a little bit just because you're using them so much, but you're like, I feel like I'm, I'm, continually trying to uh, take care of them. And so I feel like there's, there's an element of that is the things that are actually in your life the most often, instead of taking them for granted, it's actually the things that we should protect the most. So I feel like putting some really like, like strong ways or, or structures around how we engage with the people that we're closest with right now are, are really important. So I, I, I mean, one of the things that I would say is that um, I've actually, I mean, personally, I've been looking into like monasteries, <laughs> looking at some monasteries and monks and things because as at Ecclesia, we're, we're working at all these like daily practices and stuff. And, and, and I was, I was just looking like, okay, what did people that were stuck in one place with the same group of people all the time, how did they create a community life together? And, and some of them, it was really structured. And like what we've noticed with our kids is it's like they need a profound structure. Um, and we talked about this a little bit on our last podcast, but even our life together needs a structure. So like they know, okay, 
on these days, dad gets up with us. He makes coffee. We read books on the couch. Mom gets up and then there's a specific list of things that they're doing for school. Um, there's like, dad is always off at five. Like he's downstairs. We go and play on the trampoline at six 30. We take a walk. Like, I mean, like I know that sounds so mundane, but that's why, but it's not, it's the way that you're able to like invite God into this, like a structure or a boundary set where you have so much freedom then to exist because then you're not constantly wondering what is going to happen with like, the infinite number of things you could do with your time, you have very like, no, this is the thing that I'm doing with my time because it's super important. And we've done that as a whole family. Um, we haven't done it as much right now because we're still trying to figure out our rhythm. But like before, like Aubrey and I would sit down on Sunday nights and we just talk about our entire week. Like, Hey, you're going here, you're doing this, you're doing that. And so some of those things I would actually really suggest, even though it feels so mundane, like sit down with your roommates sit down with your family. Hey, I have to be in class online at this time, this time, and this time. If you're like an essential employee right now, hey, I have to be at work here, here, and here. Um, hey, I'm trying to be up by this time and go to bed by this time. It'd be really helpful. Like that kind of stuff and openly communicate that with your, with, with your house as much as possible. If it helps, put it up on a whiteboard. We have a little calendar clipboard that we hang up every day that Aubrey flips out for the kids every single day. And I know that sounds so like, like I, I cannot tell you how helpful it has been for our family. Um, and for not just for our children, but for like Aubrey and I, because we can look and like, okay, there's where that's happening. There's where that's happening. Because like right now, when every day seems to like fold into one another, having something like that has been a lifesaver for us. So that would be what, one thing that I would say. What I like about that is that it sounds like too that you have, um, and this might like be, you know, more for the kids or whatever, but I would recommend it for anybody is that you have times of set that you're doing like a fun thing of like yes. going on a and you're doing an active thing of yeah. like going on the trampoline or whatever, just with the example you said. But I've been thinking a lot about that too, that I think in a time that feels sort of unanchored like this, it can feel like no matter what you're doing, you're not sure if that's the thing you should be doing right then or should you be doing something else? Like yeah. when it comes to online school or for me, obviously all my work is online right now. Um, but I know I should be working out and I know I should be checking in with people. Anytime I'm doing any one of those things, I'm like, oh gosh, but I don't know, should I be doing the other? So what I like about that is um, sort of just setting these time blocks of different times you're doing different things. So you know you're going to get to everything. You know you're putting the appropriate amount of time into everything. That can be really, really grounding. So that right. when you're, doing, you're doing, you're fully present in it. And I just think that's really helpful. Well, also it lets you own your time. Mm -hmm. like you get to choose. Yeah. There's infinite numbers of the things you could do with your time. Like right, even right now, there's still, I mean, yeah. there's still like an inf infinite number of things that you could do with your time. And, and this lets you just look at it and say, but that's what I'm choosing. I'm choosing that. I'm going to own that. That's what I'm going to do during this time. Um, and I think that that's super, super important because then you, and because then you're not a passive observer in, in your life that you're walking through. You're like, Nope, I chose that I'm going to be reading this book for this hour. And then there's like so much freaking freedom in letting yourself into that. 
mm-hmm. like just relaxing into it. You're like, that's what I chose. I could have chosen to read any book, but I'm reading this book. I could have chosen to do any single thing. And so then you can let everything else go. You can let your phone down. You can let your Netflix go. You can close your computer. I am just right now reading from this time to this time. I'm cooking and I'm going to be here cooking, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't have to, you know, all that stuff. So, um, and I, I, the other part I would say is I think choosing to do things as a house that isn't housey things, but are like things together. So like, um, like right now, like it was so cute. Like Salem made a yoga video for all of us. It was so freaking cute. And we all, (laughs) it was so cute. Like, so she made a yoga video for us and then, and then all the kids and I did it together while Sayla sat on the couch and she's like, dad, you need to like twist more or whatever. But like doing a fun thing together that, that for your house, that engages your body, engages something that just allows you to have some fun and, and do some other things other than just exist in a house together, you know? Um, right. Yeah. I think one thing I've been thinking about is uh, what does it look like to be just the most selfless I can be? Because which is hard. Like that's really hard. <laughs> um, but we all are carrying right now, just this extra mm. weight, like yeah. whether you really recognize it or not, like the state of things is stressful and we're all carrying it in different ways. And so that might look like just more um, like easily angry or frustrated or impatient or any of those things or like just more tired and how that, how you personally exhibit that might be different from how someone else in your family or in in your house like experiences that. And so just like an extra amount of graciousness, is that a word? Graciousness? Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with it. Um, Grace, I just say, I guess, um, because if there's something that like you're getting frustrated by, um, it's it's probably not personal. And I think I know for me, like it's super easy to feel like things are personal, and I just need to remember and like take a step back and be like, you know what, I could choose to let this bother me and feel like this is a personal thing, or I could just like take a step back and recognize that we're all walking through hard stuff right now, and like do something loving or say something loving anyway. And I think that 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 tension is one that I'm really trying to press into right now of like almost fighting what my initial like human, like fleshly to put it like in the ways of, of like the spirit and the flesh in, in scripture, like my fleshly temptation is just to like be selfish and to be um, like, kind of quick to anger and that's like if I just do what is natural like I kind of go that way and I have to like consciously choose to fight and like choose patience and choose the way of the spirit and like it isn't it's an intentional choice and I have to like it has to be something I'm thinking about and holding in front of me often and so I, I think I would just encourage people like know yourself and know when you need to to be alone and when you need to like have your own space. But when you're with people, um, in whatever way it looks like for you, like choose 
in every moment to to think like how can I put these other people before me because that will that will change your heart and change just how you see situations and and how you kind of respond when things don't go exactly how you hope they do like in your home or things like that sure yeah that's great I feel like another way to say that too, maybe or just a phrase for that that has been kind of a mantra for me before is to assume best intentions. Mm. So when someone does something yeah. frustrating or hurtful, whether it's like they just leave the dishes out or they or they are really grumpy in the morning and you didn't know that about them because you usually leave for work at 730, you know, to like, it, it's basically just exactly what you said, Molly, but to to just give extra grace in this time, especially, and just to be like, okay, like I am going to, I could choose to assume that they left their dishes out because they don't respect me and um, they're just not a clean person like I am. (laughs) Or you could choose to be like, you know, they're probably planning to do this in a bit. Maybe I'll remind them, whatever. Like you can, you have the power over over your thoughts too, like you can choose in every moment um, to have grace and to assume the best in others. And I think that brings about the best in others too. And is just the healthiest way to go about being, especially quarantined with people. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Well, this is fun to talk about. Um, we probably could talk about this for so long too. And totally. we will. <laughs> keep talking about it a bit and keep touching on it because we are going to be with our people for at least the next month. So this will probably keep coming up, but we hope that it was helpful to you um, to begin to reflect on the ways that you can love the people right in front of you really well and make each moment holy in that, in that way. Um, so thanks for tuning in to this episode. Um, Ecclesia looks a little bit different right now. We're doing it online on Wednesdays. Um, we kicked off our first one this past week and it was so fun. So, so fun. A lot of people hopped on and commented and, um, I felt very virtually with you all, which was amazing. Yeah, it was, that was a kind of crazy experience. It felt strange to me. Like, wow, we're all together. This is cool. It was, I kept feeling like giddy, like delighted when people <laughs> Right. I loved looking at it. It was so fun. Yeah. It was so fun. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to keep that up. So, um, so join us this week. Um, I'm really excited to do that again. And in the meantime, you can keep tuning in to um, this podcast. And if you want, you can go and review and subscribe to it. You can reach out to us on social, all the things. Um, And otherwise, we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye.